0: So, I'm a, uh, I'm a big sports guy, as you know. And sure, uh And sure. I saw this pretty legit. Honestly, I wish... I was pretty jealous when I got this. I was about to, like, you know what? I need to be, like, do my rededication and get baptized again. But I'm a big hockey guy. And uh, I was watching this podcast. And every player on the winning team will get, like, a day with yeah. the cup. And so, they fly it around, like, the world and take it to, like, all these dudes, like, hometown. Well, they started playing this part of the podcast... And they started making fun of this guy because he took his goddaughter to a church. And they filled the, uh, because the Stanley Cup, it's got like a big old bowl on top. So they filled it up up with water and baptized the kid from the Stanley Cup (laughs) and from the whole church. And so I thought, huh, this might be a good topic coming fresh off of that. So we're going to talk about uh,
1: age of uh, salvation, age of (laughs) baptism. (laughs) got the dummies ben and jj coming at you with wisdom from the bible and beyond this is dummies with wisdom so we we, we got uh, we got two questions uh here uh uh that we're gonna we're gonna put put together. Um, coming off the calvinism topic we thought some that these kind of related to some extent so we're uh we got two questions here one from rick rick that says uh do all people hear the gospel before they die slash do they go to hell if they don't uh, and then josh wants to know the age of baptism is important so let's start off with the uh, do all people hear the gospel
0: very tough i think this is like up there with like especially the questions that non-believers will have and like some conversations with like okay why is there bad in the world like those type of you know top questions um yeah personally i i i i'm very kind of i'm kind of pessimistic that the way i look at the world and so like <laughs> honestly it's like i'm not really surprised when like when bad things happen i'm like yeah bad things happen if like something is like unfair i'm kind of like a i'm not like i don't live in a world that i feel like life is fair um my personal like the way i view my faith is that and i think we should and i think scripture is pretty clear on this is like as much as we have value obviously the lord's value is insurmountable compared to us and everything is going to revolve around him and rightfully so um and this we we are here for the lord and for his glory and so for someone to not hear the gospel and have to spend eternity away from the Lord is not something that I think is outside of possibility. I think it's a very real possibility. Um, right. Because, again, I think that is that is the beauty of the gospel, and that, that kind of goes back to our conversation last time is we were, because of sin, not because of God, but because of sin, because of the decisions that humanity has made, we're in this situation. I think a lot of times we look at, okay, why didn't God just save everybody, you know, or give everyone the fair opportunity? It's like, well, we are here, right? Not like in in real life. If someone were to be like, if a ship were to go down at sea, like there's a very, very real possibility that they will never be found, that their ship is going to go down and they're all going to die. And I, I right. really do. I see. I honestly see the like our faith is kind of the same, and like the world is the same, like god isn't giving out you know participation trophies like this is a real thing like that's what makes sin real that's what makes sin so dangerous is that i think there are people out there who are not going to get a quote-unquote fair shot at receiving the gift that the lord is that came down and died for you know and that is what's sad about and i think that's what i think that grieves the lord i don't think the lord's happy by that by any means um but I would say I, I like the random tribes throughout the or the people groups throughout the history, and then today like the the unknown people groups, and I think that's why me and my family are so big into Bible translation and reaching those people who don't have the gospel and trying to do it so quickly is because that is a very real, I think that's a real threat that people are going to die yeah without even having a fair shot at hearing what the truth is, um, and they're gonna have to spend eternity from the Lord.
1: Yeah, and this is where I really rely on the, the you know going back to our Calvinism talk from last episode. This is where I really you know really just uh, rely on God's sovereignty. Yeah, people will not hear the gospel, and people will die and go to hell. The question is, as if they would have heard the gospel, would have that changed anything? I don't know. Sure, but um, you know Second uh, Timothy three sixteen. Uh, where it says, if, if that's the right reference, where, where it says that God wills that none should perish. So that means he does. he's not just going to leave half of Africa unreached for 200 years right. and let all these people who would have been church pillars just die and go to hell. Yeah. Um, does that mean that every single person would have rejected it? I, I don't know. Maybe. Yeah.
0: Um, like even, sorry, just real quick. Like I think of like the responsibility of Israel in the Old Testament to like they weren't yeah. like they were chosen as God's people to reach the world and they got in a lot of trouble because they didn't do that and they ended up giving in to right. But like I think of the same way, as like these ancient civilizations who, the, who Israel was supposed to go out and reach never did their job. So think of the millions of people who have died and are gonna spend eternity in hell because Israel didn't do their job. You know, if anything, that for me, that's an even bigger, huger application for believers. Right.
1: Well and I, I I think that this question really isn't a uh whenever people ask it, it's not a, really a matter of are people going to not hear the gospel and die and go to hell. The the question really boils down to those people didn't have a chance to accept or reject the gospel. That's where the it's heart a of fair that question, question is. Like that that is. It it, it's a fair question, but they already did reject it. That's what sin mm-hmm. is. Sin is our rejection of right. God. So there already is a conscious rejection, whether they necessarily know it or not. I mean, even even kids know, kids who have no idea about the Bible know when they did something yeah. wrong. We have that innate in us. That is, you know, that's that's the law of God being written on our hearts that Jeremiah prophesied about. Um, but then we've also got, in, you know, Romans 1 20 that says, uh, for his God, invisible attributes, namely his eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world in, in, the, things that they have, in the things that have been made. So they are without excuse, and talking about unrighteous people there. The Bible is very clear on the weight of evangelism, and if, if we think that people are going to go to heaven if they haven't heard the gospel— then evangelism is the most hateful thing we could possibly do because you're taking a 100% success rate and <laughs> knocking it down to, say, 15 20%. Yeah, probably. <laughs> I mean, like, how, how stupid would that be to yeah. do? And then, but to take this one step further, what would it mean to hear the gospel? Right. You know, I was I was uh, I was coming back from Walmart a couple months ago and I'm um, sitting here at the stoplight right outside of base here and I I heard this thing that sounded sounded like the PA system on base and I was like what is going on so I put my window down turn off the music and I heard I heard I heard well, it sounded just like a guy talking, and I'm like, "What? what is this? And I turn, and kind of look back over my shoulder, and there's a guy standing on the corner at my base with a sign that says, make peace, not bombs, and he's talking <laughs> about how we shouldn't be bombing anybody or anything, which is just a real great point to make on a base that has no bombs, <laughs> nor the ability to fly bombs. <laughs> yep. But there's, 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 there's those kind of guys that are spreading... The, that are saying the gospel. I'm not gonna say spreading the gospel because there's some that are not spreading the gospel. They're just proclaiming whatever they want to over a speaker kind yeah. of thing. You've we've all seen uh-huh. those people. There's there's some that like are really effective. You know, people like uh, like Ray Comfort have done some amazing things yeah. in ways that you know personally I don't think are really possible. But you know, we've got guys that are actually making it work. But so like if you if you're walking down the street on your way to the football game and there's that guy yelling on the street corner, like would that constitute? Having heard the gospel like if, if if we're drawing the line at like that's where like or, or does this have to be a sit down and have it explained to you okay, well, what if that guy is who sat down and explained it to you didn't really explain it quite right mm. you know, there's there's so many further questions that I would have that if 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 your answer is not just yes from the beginning, where does that line fall yeah and then why are we doing anything would be the real question yeah again because why what' what's the what's the point in that right We're just causing more suffering, rejection, hurt, sin, everything.
0: And I think, I think it comes like, comes down to two things. Like as far as like, like what I feel like my response should be when like people come up to me and say this, if it's like, you know, I don't want to say immature believer, right? Like a younger believer, um, or non-believer and they're wrestling with this aspect. We have to go over kind of like what we're talking about. Like, what is like, what's the reality of the world? Like, what is the reality of us? Like, What is the reality of sin? Like this isn't like we're approaching this. If we're getting upset at God for this happening, we're we're we we're just we're looking at the problem wrong. Like we're looking at Mm -hmm. yeah, we're we're just looking at the problem wrong. And then you can use that again to believers who aren't doing anything, and you can say, okay, you're upset about this. Well, you have to go do something about it because we are the ones who are being tasked to create the urgency. Like the Lord's gonna do His thing. Like the stories through scripture and the stories that like yeah. I've grown up hearing from, you know, not only the States, but you know, churches and missionaries and people abroad of like, they were just approached by someone and they're like, Oh, I had a dream like this happened. Like the Lord is obviously yeah. going to be working and doing his thing.
1: Passion of the Christ did that to a lot
0: of people. Yeah, Like there's gone, like the Lord is going to reveal himself in some way to however he sees fit. And he's going to use us the same way, you know, to reach a certain people group and stuff. But I think that's, that's where it's at. Like, again, like coming back to what I originally said, this all is for his glory. So, what is it, what is it that is going, what story is going to give God the most glory? When it comes to the believer and this conversation, we have to really, really, really unpack that because you have to understand, I think, the reality of what we're facing and how awful sin truly is. And then understand who God really is, and I think through that you start to understand what our responsibility on Earth, it like what it really should be.
1: Typically, when people are asking this question, it's either just a genuine ask, or it's they're wanting you to say no that people won't go to hell. Right. Um, but the 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 presupposition that's 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 sitting there is that being saved is the default position, as mm-hmm. though that if they would have heard the gospel, they would have been saved. But the default position is yeah complete rejection of god adherence to sin and not being saved so i mean we we were all in that same position and so to think that uh that that default is that you know whoever hears the gospel will accept it is is wrong i mean it's just practically speaking you we know that that's not true but it's it, it, it it's it's it has this presupposition before you even get to the fact of the gospel you're just like you're just expecting that that there's this already default position of those who hear the gospel will be saved. And, you know, those that tribe in Africa that, that people haven't been saved because nobody got the gospel to them, they might not have, not a single one of them might have accepted it. We don't know. But if we believe that God is just, mm-hmm. if, if we hold to that truth, then this question becomes one of those things that, you know, we just, it might not make perfect sense to us, but we, we leave it to God. Yeah. right. So uh, moving on, if uh you know, with with the same kind of thing is is uh when the age of baptism is important and um there's there's the debate too about what age somebody can be saved. Um let's not go with that route. <laughs> <laughs> let's just stick to the, uh, the the baptism route. Um and just to just to start off with, there's not a clear biblical answer on this one because baptism in the Bible was older people. Or at least older-minded people. Yeah, <laughs> um, right. I'm so there, there's there's no uh, how-to section in Galatians about this one, uh, because the the baptisms that are talked about in the Bible are not, at least not assumed to be kids.
0: Yeah, I've always thought as baptism, going because I'm, I'm a sports guy. Um, <laughs> uh, I go. I honestly, look
1: Michael at, Phelps.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I look at I look at baptism as
1: oh my gosh <laughs> you get it out
0: <laughs> it's, it took like a second
1: <laughs>
0: oh man okay um, but, uh, but I I look at baptism as kind of like the the announcement after like a player signs right so it's like or like the unveiling like I think in yeah. like soccer especially I think they make a much much bigger deal about it than like some of our American sports but like if like a top player were to sign for a big club they'll like people show up to the stadium they'll have like a full on like stage and like fireworks and like the guy will like put on his new jersey and like they'll do this whole thing like i see baptism as like your it's your announcement that you just joined like the team you did um but at the same time it's obviously it's so much deeper than that because i think in the same way and this is where it kind of gets into that age and maturity aspect. You're, you're, in a, you're in a way, you're kind of creating a bond with the people who are there. And you're creating this covenant, this pact that you're about to walk into life with this new worldview, with this new life that the Lord's given you. And you're walking through people on this same on the in the same platform, in the same framework and moving together into the same goal. And so like infant baptisms, baptisms um, and like. Or just children getting baptized and stuff like I was baptized when I was seven, like I remember it all. I comprehended what I was doing and like I think my like friends and parents and, you know, all that like it was explained to me really well cuz it was my decision to get baptized. I have a much bigger understanding of what baptism is now, but I think it was appropriate. Yep. Like my understanding of what baptism was was appropriate enough to do it. And now looking back, it's it is cooler cuz of like I have a bigger understanding of like the people who were there and like what that what that does mean and what that probably should have meant to everybody else whether it did or not. And then now I can have that understanding. Um, But in that, in that way, I think that's where you have to have a little bit of that, at least maturity to be able to understand what baptism is because you are in some way, you're kind of, you know, you're shaking hands with your, your new teammates and saying, you know, let's go do this thing together.
1: So, yeah, I agree that that pedo baptism, uh, uh, infant baptism is not the answer. Um, I'll I'll stand to on that one pretty strong. See, my my problem is is I've always been skeptical of of kids who um say that they were saved and baptized really young, um, because I I I know plenty of people who do that. So I'm not I'm not bashing on it, but I've always been a little skeptical of of it because I've seen so many people on the other hand that did that when they were a kid and now they're off in no man's land or even not even necessarily a young kid, but like you know. 10 11 12 and you know like the moment they graduated high school they were gone Um, and so so i am a little skeptical of that i think that um since baptism is not the saving act it's said it's a sacrament we are called to do it we ought to be doing it it is wrong not to do it but it's not the saving act so there's i i don't have necessarily a, a real solid opinion on this one um i know that's shocking that i don't have an opinion on something (laughs) but so i i i hate the uh the the idea of hey you accepted christ well we have a baptism service coming up next summer regardless of if this kid is four or 40 i hate that idea if we're if we're delaying baptism for any sort of scheduling or whatever or even like the whole class thing where like you have to take a baptism class i think i hate that idea um that yeah, you know, if, sure. if, if we're going to do that, do it after the baptism. Like, yeah. as long as somebody understands what's going on, like, we don't need a two-month class. This is John did not, you know, teach New Testament Theology 101 before he got in the Jordan. Like, he just baptized. Um, yeah. And so I, I, yeah, I think absolutely. in that sense, I, I don't think that that's a good idea. Um, I read, I think it's in one of his books, Phil Robertson uh, from Duck Dynasty. He said when his kids were saved, he held off baptism until they screwed up. He said, he, he said basically majorly screwed up. He said that's when he baptized them because then they really understood what baptism was really symbolizing. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know if I like that idea either. I, yeah. I, I don't necessarily dislike it. Um, but again, like, so then the the question would be at what age do we like, we Im- implement that, that philosophy on baptism. I, um, I think as as a as a rule of thumb, kind of like what you were saying about understanding it, understanding that again that this is a symbolism thing. It's not a that's not saving you. This is just uh, symbolic of what it, of the of the theological truths behind putting your faith in Christ and understanding that as you go down, you die to sin, you rise with Christ, and actually understanding what that means. It's not just like that. Oh, I'm gonna be dunked in the water and then pop back up. Right. Um. And so that, that's that's I would say that's my that's my hard key answer is is definitely understanding that. So if I mean, I would I would say I would be really hard for me to believe that a five year old can understand that. Really, yeah, might be may maybe at a very surface level, but to the point where I'm talking about, I I have a hard time believing a five year old could understand that. Maybe mm-hmm. maybe there's probably somebody out there that does. Yeah. Um. But I I think I think it it's really tied in with with the whole salvation thing like art aside from like being a parent who wants their kid to be saved do you truly believe that your five-year-old has actually accepted christ and is going to walk with him for his life so i just I, I just don't have a solid answer because i don't think withholding yeah. it is good but depending on how young a chi- a kid is i also wouldn't say that i would necessarily promote it
0: because i see baptism. because when i look at especially like when I think obviously, like there were lots of baptisms, but I look at like the John the Baptist one especially because there weren't a whole lot of people at that point, and like also you're kind of like he's baptizing before like Christ died. <laughs> I and, have like, thought about that stuff a lot, happened. and I've I've thought about that a lot actually, uh, like when it comes to this, and I'm like,
1: I really so need to research that one.
0: What is so like? What is not 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 like what's the point? But like what did the people like when we're talking about understanding like that's my question it's like okay so the people he's baptizing they couldn't have had that great of a understanding but what i think they did have was they understood what was coming and i think because i think scripture is very clear for that short amount of time john the baptist was pretty effective at what he's doing and so at the very least they understood what whether it was their salvation, whether it was their faith, whether it was their understanding of just who the Lord is and who the Messiah was going to be. I think they got that. And so when I look at a kid, I probably fall a little bit on the end of where baptism, like what you said, it's a sacrament, but I'm not putting that much weight on it. Like I'm really not because I think the weight comes with salvation. The biggest part of baptism where I think, where I see it for me is for one, it's, it is a command like, or, you know, it's something that we are to do in the, you know, I don't know, in the, I don't know, not, not even that. Like, it's just, it's in scripture and it's, it is a good thing to do. I don't think you're going to, you're not going to get like a ding for it for not getting baptized. I think you're probably looking at scripture a little wrong if you don't want to. Like, there's no reason not to, you know? But,
1: I mean, it's commanded. So, I mean, I would say it's like, it's like sinful not to, but to not to.
0: You're commanded that doesn't mean- like you're commanded to do that. You're commanded to like take the Lord's Supper together. There's a lot of different right. commands, but I don't think you're gonna get like a knock on it going to heaven for that. Oh no, no, no. You know right, right, that's right. what I'm saying. And so like I think the weight comes at that salvation part when you do the baptism, like that should be it shouldn't it shouldn't have to it shouldn't carry weight. Because the weight is lifted and you're going into a space of like celebration. Like I, that's why I look at baptism as it's whether it can be whether it, no matter what it is necessarily emotionally, because you could come from a dark past. You can come from whatever led to you being saved. The celebration is that there is new life, you know, and so you're coming in front of people in this space of I am a new person, but it's not I don't see baptism as necessarily a me thing like when i go down and come back up kind of like a wedding ceremony a little bit like so like you have like you go get your marriage certificate whatever get married but then you have the reception the reception has i would argue is like especially in today's marriages at least in the west it's a pretty big deal like that's the whole point of having a wedding really like go celebrate but the reception isn't dependent on like the marriage there's nothing in the reception that like makes you more married right right but if anything that there is something deeper emotionally that happens at that reception like there is something that is fostered more there is a celebration there is there is stuff that happens at the reception that other people are able to take part in that are able to see it they're able to witness it and i think that entire like ceremony including the reception like encapsulate something a lot bigger, you know, and I think that's, I really do think that's what baptism does for salvation. It's just, it's obviously in a much bigger way.
1: Hypothetically speaking, I'm not going to baptize a child who I am not a hundred percent certain. Like his name is written in the Lamb's book of life. He has actually surely been saved. It's not just like a matter of like, oh, I think he understands it. Like, no, this is a serious, he is making a lifelong commitment. And I don't, I think that age would be different for everybody because, because baptism is a, it's a symbol of what has happened already. It's a like the, yep. it's been etched in stone. Then you've signed on the dotted line. It's, it's a symbol of that reality. It's not yeah. the reality in itself. Right. So until I can perform that act that does indeed reflect the reality, I, I probably wouldn't do it. And, you know, that might change once I'm a parent and actually might have these questions it's more than just the, the understanding of baptism or of salvation. It's a matter of reflecting a, a commitment. And I don't think a super young child is typically going to have that, that maturity that of the mind yeah. to really be able to, to do that. And so even and that's not to say that like your five-year-old couldn't be saved, but I don't think that there's necessarily anything wrong with saying, okay, um, my 5-year-old made this decision i'm going to i'm going to hope and cling to the fact that he is saved and then once he gets a couple years older and actually can you know articulate this stuff and understand not not just repeat not just potato potato this but actually articulate what he thinks and understands the commitment that like then we can talk about baptism i don't think mm-hmm. that's wrong to to maybe push it back then because we're not you know we're not talking about a a 42-year-old and saying well you just don't understand enough about the gospel yet no you like it's 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 the chiseled in stone thing that i'm really thinking of
0: yeah um i mean because i would agree with you it's like it, it goes back to when they are saved so do they have maturity enough to be, do they have the maturity to understand what's going on and to actually like accept the lord that's where i'm kind of like all right if you have the maturity to do that then yeah i mean if you had like if that's the assumption that you, they did have the maturity with it like yeah sure go get baptized like i don't care like like that's just part of it you know i think with the part that i would care about is the part before because the baptism maturity would follow suit but like to what you yeah. say as like someone who might be in that situation as like a parent trying to like help guide your kid along i mean i see that aspect too of like all right maybe we, like i don't want there to be like Because it wouldn't be the baptism part I'd be worried about. It'd be, like, the uh, misconceptions or, like, the misunderstandings that would come from it that, like, created, I don't know, just kind of misguided, like, could potentially misguide him or her later on.
1: How many people have you ever heard, like, that are getting baptized and were like, well, Mm -hmm. I was baptized when I was six, but I didn't really know what I was doing.
0: Right. Yeah.
1: Again, that's not to say that it can't be legit. Yeah. But is it, is the question.
0: Right. And so, yeah, again, that's kind of like a, as a parent, like I'm definitely probably going to be cautious around that just so that's it's, it's not like I'm I'm not going to just be giving up on, you know, making sure my, my kid, you know, is getting his proper dose of Jesus, you know, when he needs to, like, even if he does, you know, he or she gets saved at five, you know. That doesn't stop my responsibility, I guess, which might be part of the question. But
1: if your kid says that he or she accepted Jesus, do they do they talk about baptism without anybody bringing it up? Yeah, that's what I was kind of thinking. Like if, if, yeah. if, if if they if they bring it, if they bring it up themselves, that means they understand it. Yeah. If they don't, then maybe the time isn't quite right. And again, like going back to the whole Phil Robertson thing, I think that there's validity to that too.
0: I mean, yeah. I just definitely I definitely in your head.
1: I be because it's not the saving act, I don't think I would really push it one way or the other as long as we're talking about a, a young kid. If we're if we're talking about a ten a year old, then baptize them. Yeah. If we're it we're I'm really thinking more about like, you know, four to seven ish. Again, that's good there's some there's some like five year olds that are, you know, smarter than well, half the country at this point. <laughs> <laughs> and there's some Eight-year-olds that still haven't figured out that they have toes. So I mean, it just depends on you know <laughs> each individual kid. But uh, I think we'll I think we'll leave it there. And hopefully uh, we answered your questions, uh, both of you. Thanks for for writing in. And uh,
0: next one will be on parenting.
1: Yeah, right. <laughs> How to be the perfect parent. <laughs>
0: I've been watching a lot of Netflix. I think I've got it down.
1: Well, if I mean, I did one thing that-
0: I did raise three kids what i call it two and a half josh was it was like he was more like three or four before i really started hitting my stride
1: (laughs) you're an idiot (laughs) all right thanks for listening we'll catch you next time
0: hey everyone thanks for listening to this podcast of dummies with wisdom to give us comments ask questions or submit pictures of other dummies you find in the wild Email us at dummieswithwisdom at outlook.com or find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash dummies with wisdom.